Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bull, Director of Public Affairs, and this week we have a lot going on. There's some scandals in Jefferson City. There's a lot on the national scene with tariffs and trade issues. We are going to talk about those and some more regulation issues as well. So let's get started. B.J. Tanksley is our Director of State Legislative Programs, and this has been quite a week here in Jeff City at the Capitol, we had um, a couple of press conferences actually just yesterday that have created some real national news. Uh, we aren't we don't we don't really need to get into the details of all that because I think everyone's hearing about all that on the news. But what's really interesting is how that's going to affect the the real work of the legislature. So, BJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, how are you looking at these things? Yeah, you know, um, most of the talk in the Capitol this week was really leading up to yesterday's activities. Everybody was, what's going to come? What's going to happen? Um, fortunately, we're, we're able to put that behind us now. Um, I do think that you'll see House and Senate leadership both try to put this issue aside and say, if we're going to take any official action, and that's a big if, um, that let's try to deal with that in a special session following um, the regular session um, so that we can attempt to get through these next five to six weeks of session um, as usual as possible. Now, I do think that probably in the next few legislative days, there's some time spent trying to bring it up and air it out on the floor. Um, but the leadership will try to avoid that as much as possible to try to get through. You know, we have to pass a budget. There's a lot of big issues hanging out there that people would like to see get done. Um, let's let's try to I think the push will be to let's try to get through this session and then let the process play itself out if that's the way the House chooses to go. You know, there's a lot of pressure out there. You Everybody's seen the, the Twitters and Facebooks and, and the public pressure being put on one way or the other. Um, but I think as far as legislation goes, there's a lot of big issues out there, and House and Senate leadership are probably going to try to push to let's proceed as usual, as much as possible, and get through this session and try to be productive. Because honestly, it's an election year, yeah. um, and they don't want to say that this was a distraction that kept them from doing their work. They've moved a lot of things. A lot of those things still have to be resolved, you know, finally passed, as you would say. Um, but they are moving a lot of big things and, and trying to get those done. To yeah. their credit, I think they've worked in a way to try to make this issue as little of an issue in the actual session as you could. Mm -hmm. The House has passed a lot of big issues. The Senate has tackled a lot of big issues and brought those to the floor. Um, so we'll see in these next few weeks, but I do think there's going to be a big push by leadership to try to keep the train on the tracks and not let this stop some of the progress they're making. Yeah, and it seems like maybe one of the big unknowns is just going to be how much influence national media, national attention has on this. And if it is... Um, uh, just a flash in the pan as far as the national attention goes. That plan that you just uh, laid out that the leadership is going to try to stick with sounds like it may really uh, play out. But if it ends up really becoming all-consuming, um, who knows? All bets are sort of off as to where things may go. Yeah, I would say that's probably right. That's probably the wild card in this is yeah. if we see uh, um, big trailers camped out in front of the Capitol every day, uh, yeah. not just the construction ones that are already there, um, but if this becomes a national issue for weeks and weeks, uh, that probably puts a pause to things. Sure. Well, what are some of the issues that we do have hanging out there right now? I think you said um, we've really been making some some progress on a couple of things, some transportation, broadband stuff. Yeah, you know, in recent weeks we saw hearings on transportation funding, different ideas, uh, highway patrol funding um, as a way 
to to get some more money to the to the road fund, mm-hmm. as well as um, gas tax, as we've seen a straightforward gas tax into the gas fund. So we've seen several differing ideas, including um, also different fees, vehicle fees and permit registration fees, that kind of thing. Um, so we've seen different ideas on transportation. Um, now everybody's kind of looking around going, okay, the community that's in support, what do you want to see? What can we get past? And I think in the next couple of weeks, if we're going to get something done, we're probably going to have to coalesce around something that is um, able to move through the body and possibly if it has to go to a vote of the people, um, able to be passed by the vote of the people. Um, from Farm Bureau's point of view, we just want it to be meaningful. If, mm-hmm. if we're going to pass something, if we're going to go through the effort um, of, of supporting something on the ballot, if it's going to have to be voted on, let's make sure that it gets enough money to MoDOT that we're not coming back in a year, two years, and still having this transportation funding yeah. conversation. Not that it's always not going to be an issue back there, but let's make sure that we're doing something that actually meets their needs for a while. Yeah, and you don't get a chance to ask voters multiple times. If, if they voted yes, they they want to feel like the issue was taken care of with that vote. They don't like it when you come back the next year and say, well, thanks for getting giving us half of it last year. Now let's get the other half. Yeah, that probably isn't a, is not a viable politically. Yeah. So uh, I'd rather have you just ask for all, what you need up front and do it once. And they're going to say yes or no. So <laughs> they may say no. Yeah. Uh, well, and then on, on the broadband front, I think you've seen some movement there as well. Yeah, we had a big hearing yesterday in the Senate Commerce Committee, um, and the senators asked some really great questions. We were able to vet some of those number one issues to us, where we're talking about the speeds that are coming to communities. You know, when we talk about the digital divide, it's not necessarily that all of rural Missouri doesn't have any internet. It's Mm -hmm. that sometimes the internet that they have doesn't give them the same capabilities as our urban neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we talked about speeds. We talked about census blocks. We talked about where these funds would go and how the fund would be administered. You know, we could dig into the details, but, but what I would end with is that the truth is we were able to vet some of the very serious issues when we talk about how this fund would work to be able to get quality internet to as many Missourians as possible while staying in a fiscally conservative, because we know the state of Missouri, um, you know, we may not have a lot of funds to come to this. That's just mm-hmm. the reality of the budgets that the, as we see now. But if we're going to do this, let's make sure we have a good impact in the areas where these funds may go. Yeah, well, that's a good approach. And I'm glad that we were actually able to have some, some real discussions. A lot of the things that we see on TV, with especially a lot of the national news stuff, the national uh, congressional hearings seem to be all just show trials. And at least in the state legislature, it seems like sometimes they have hearings where they actually do real work. <laughs> That's well, nice to see. I will say yesterday, I really felt like we were discussing the issues, yeah. you know, that not everybody was on the same side, leadership wise or uh, or testifying. Um, but we were really discussing the issues and kind of vetting out some of those ideas. Now we'll go back and work with the different stakeholders at hand and see where we can end up in a good uh, compromise. So I think I think there's a really great uh, opportunity there. Great. Well, here we're getting down to crunch time with the end of the legislative session coming up pretty soon here. So I know you're going to be busy uh, from, from now through May. It is the busy time of year. Yeah, but we appreciate the work you're doing. So thank you for stopping by. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. Spencer Tuma is our director of national legislative programs. And Spencer, since we last spoke on this program a couple of weeks ago, we've had a ton of action on trade. That's really been dominating the discussion. Uh, we've had uh, like probably 30 to 40 uh, media requests mm-hmm. for interviews with farmers and with President Hearst to talk about the issues uh, with President Trump trying to implement some tariffs on both steel aluminum and uh, to retaliate against China directly. Where are things standing with that right now? 
Well, trade really has dominated the conversation, not only during the two-week district work period that Congress took over the Easter holiday, but even as they've come back to Washington this legislative week as well. So in total, the U.S. has threatened about $150 billion worth of tariffs against China. As you mentioned, a lot of those are on steel and aluminum, but many of those are in response to China's theft of intellectual property. And that's a concern the president has expressed many times. Uh, In response to that, China threatened to impose tariffs on many United States agricultural products. Uh, Pork was one that they had listed originally when Mm -hmm. the Trump uh, administration announced the steel and aluminum tariffs. Uh, But when the additional tariffs were uh, announced, they announced that they were going to then retaliate and levy tariffs on things like soybeans, sorghum, beef, cotton, all big agricultural commodities for mm-hmm. Missouri. So that's caused some real concern in farm country. Sure. And that the big one, the, the gorilla on, of those is the soybean mm-hmm. uh, imports because the United States exports, uh, I believe it's a little over $14 billion worth of soybeans right. to China every year. And that's the largest ex- individual export that we have to China, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once they once they hit that, we all knew that okay, they're really they're really going for the big the big guns here now. You're right. Approximately two thirds of United States soybean exports go to China. Mm-hmm. Um, President Hearst likes to tell the story, and I think it's a really impactful message that one in every three rows of soybeans grown in the state of Missouri is exported to China. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a huge market for us, but we can't forget about the other crops as well. Uh, China is the second largest export destination for United States cotton. Uh, and things like wheat and sorghum and all of those other crops, those are huge exports for China as well. So having that threat of retaliation in a time of low net farm income projected to be the lowest in 12 years has really caused some serious concern among our members and nationwide. Sure. Now, they didn't actually go into effect yet, though, right? Right. Yes. So where, what is the process looking like uh, between now and when they may actually go into effect? So the Trump administration's proposed tariffs on the intellectual property theft, which are separate from the steel and aluminum tariffs. So the steel and aluminum tariffs are already in effect mm-hmm. for China. Those were immediate. They were they were immediate, yes. So the proposed intellectual property tariffs, those actually have to go through a comment period that ends on May 11th. And then there's some other administrative procedures that have to happen before those are actually imposed. Now, we were encouraged to see that uh, President Xi of China has announced that he is willing to talk to the U.S. He's willing to try to come to an agreement. I think it's really important to acknowledge that China has been a bad actor in international trade. Nobody is trying to dispute that at all. Uh, But certainly, Certainly, these proposed retaliatory tariffs have caused some great concern among our membership, uh, and we certainly look forward to seeing the administration, the United States Trade Representative, working towards a solution that's going to work for everyone. Yeah, and and that's definitely true. A very good point that we are definitely not uh, believers that China is is clean in no. this issue. It's more of a question of is this the right tool to get them to comply with international norms, You're right. um, especially with. The, uh, the the intellectual property theft has been a real problem for seed companies mm-hmm. uh, having their seeds actually stolen out of the ground by spies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it sounds sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's literally happened where um, spies from China have been in the United States digging seeds out of test plots mm-hmm. to uh, to package them and take them back to China. It, so yeah. that can be a real issue for us. It's certainly a huge problem. And of course, President Trump has made no bones about the fact that he wants the United States to enter into trade agreements that are fair and that are reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a different negotiating strategy than many of us have 
ever seen before, but we're hopeful that it's ultimately going to pay off at the end of the day for farmers and ranchers. Right. Well, and then another issue that's been kind of simmering on the back burner for a while, and we wish that it would come to a boil, but it's been simmering, is the farm bill. Uh, yes. Where do we stand on that right now? Unfortunately, we are still at a standstill with the farm bill. Now, now that Congress is back in session, uh, there is some hope that the farm bill may be moving in committee as early as next week. Mm-hmm. I have heard reports that there is potential that the text will be released either Thursday or Friday of this week, setting us up for potential farm bill markup on April 18th. Mm-hmm. However, uh, a couple t- uh, episodes ago, I know we talked about the impasse, the political impasse that had been reached on the nutrition title. I don't believe that has been fixed mm-hmm. at this point. Chairman Conaway at this point intends to move the farm bill uh, through committee with no Democratic support. Mm-hmm. So that could spell trouble uh, when the farm bill gets to the floor of the House and certainly uh, sets us up for an interesting battle in the Senate, which is where mm-hmm. uh, a bipartisan farm bill may be crafted. Yeah, it may be very challenging to even get it off the House floor the yes. way that it is because uh, there are not there's not a lot of margin for error on the Republican side. You're right. So if you're only going to um, rely on solely Republican votes, you may have a tough time finding 218 of them, so, mm-hmm. You're right. uh, which is what it takes to pass a bill. So uh, we shall keep an eye on that. Hopefully next week uh, we'll actually get some action on that one because it does expire at the end of September this mm-hmm. year. So if we don't get something done uh, in the next couple months, really in the next month or so, and we get really deep into election season, the midterm elections, which are going to be contentious, uh, it's probably not going anywhere. Yeah. It's going to have a, a, a a one-year extension is probably where they would go. Right. And of course, you know, you mentioned the narrowing window of opportunity on the farm bill. It's kind of breaking news today. House Speaker Paul Ryan actually announced that he is going to be retiring from the House. So that changes the dynamics of how things are working in Washington. And Mm -hmm. um, we'll we'll have to see what the rest of the year brings. But it's certainly uh, a big announcement. That's for sure. Well, the other political issue that may make uh, the calculations a little different is just that if things are looking more and more like uh, there's a good possibility that there's a change of control mm-hmm. from Republican to Democrat in the House, um, that could really push a lot of committees to want to get their issues passed while they still have a chairman sure. um, from their side of the aisle. So who knows? It's going to be an interesting summer. Yes, it is. Um, last item that we're going to touch on is the renewable fuel standard. That's mm-hmm. been in the news quite a bit lately as well. Uh, very important to our grain uh, farmers. Uh, where do we stand with that? Sure. So you're right. There has been a lot of talk about the RFS as well. And I don't think I would be stepping out of line when I say that between trade and the RFS, there are some farmers out here in Missouri and, and around the country who are pretty worried. And, yeah. and I can't blame them too much. But um, there was a meeting at the White House earlier this week between uh, USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, and President Trump to discuss the renewable fuel standard. Mm-hmm. I have been told that that meeting was simply just a discussion that Secretary Perdue did a great job of advocating uh, for the needs of agriculture in that meeting. However, the Trump administration has made the decision to place the RFS talks on hold for about the next three months, I think generally to try to get us through this period of worry about trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, no news is good news because mm-hmm. that means nothing is changing. Um, there was some controversy 
Administrator Pruitt uh, did grant some waivers to small refineries, which did cause some unrest um, among the RFS groups. Uh, however, I'm not sure if that will continue moving forward because the, all of these talks have been placed on hold. Sure. And speaking of political issues, that's probably the biggest issue with this holding it up right now. It's just we're not real sure where uh, how firm a footing Administrator Pruitt stands on right now um, because he's been having... He's been in a little bit of hot water himself, mm-hmm. and we don't want to speculate on exactly where that may go because uh, that may have all changed by the end of this day. Who knows? It seems to be a very fast-moving story, but um, a lot of people have perceived him to be the the main driver behind trying to make a change to the RFS, uh-huh. and if he is uh, fighting for his political life, he might not have much ability to uh, make a change that would uh, upset some farm state senators. So Yes, a um, lot of moving parts to yeah. all of these different talks, whether it's RFS, farm bill, trade. Um, I think we're seeing a, a, a lot of political unrest, mm-hmm. and so that's contributing to some of the uncertainty. Yeah, and, and all three of those issues are more uh, more political than policy in a lot of ways as far as predicting what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So it'll definitely be interesting to uh, to see what develops over the next few months. Right. Well, hopefully we'll have a better update for you all. You know, like you said, things can change in a day. So next week uh, we may be talking about something completely different and the tables may have turned uh, completely. So uh, we're, we're staying up on it. We're going to be keeping ourselves up to date and we'll certainly uh, be in touch with our members if there's anything. Uh, we do have an action alert out, I should mention, on the trade issue where you can actually utilize the Missouri Farm Bureau Action Center to send messages to our congressional delegation and to the administration on the importance of trade to Missouri farmers. Now, we've preloaded a message in there, so you don't really have to do uh, a whole lot. You don't have to type a whole letter out or anything, but there is an opportunity for you to add your own personal story to that message. It takes less than a minute to send your message, and we'd really encourage folks to do that. Sure, and if you want to do that, go to our website at mofb.org. And it is our Legislative Action Center. Um, is a, is there a link on the front page? Yes, it, on right. the sidebar, left sidebar of the front page, there's mm-hmm. an MF, MOFB Action Center logo. And you can just click on that. It'll take you straight to the Action Center. Yeah, and, and I did it myself. I uh, sent emails to all of my, my uh, members of Congress that represent me and tweeted to them as well. Yeah. So uh, it, it took literally probably 30 seconds. So definitely um, do encourage people to do that uh, today if you're able to. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Spencer. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Leslie Holloway is our Director of Regulatory Affairs. And Leslie, it's been a little while since we've gotten an update on stream bank stabilization. You've been working on those those efforts for years and uh, wanted to just see what's what's new on that front. Yeah, we have a few new things, um, hopefully, that are making good progress. But with the change in the administrations at both the state and the national levels, we thought that there might be a good opportunity to try to re-engage, starting with the regulatory reform uh, effort going on at at both, both the state and the national levels. We have submitted comments to the Corps of Engineers suggesting that there needs to be a review of the um, permitting requirements to try to give landowners more flexibility to be able to take care of uh, stream bank management to control erosion on their property without having to have a permit or having to have a government official come out and and approve uh, what they want to do, especially in many cases where we find that landowners had been doing some good management practices for a long, long time until there kind of got to be this sense that if you did anything without getting a permit, 
that uh, either a state or a, a federal government agency was going to come out and fine you and, and you'd be uh, in big trouble. So, And, and what type of um, activities w- were the <clears throat> landowners actually engaging in? What type of good management practices were they doing? Well, there are instances, and it doesn't work in every case, and, and landowners admit that, but there are instances where you can actually use some of the material that is at a site, for instance, where you have gravel in a stream, um, in conjunction with some vegetative growth, that you can actually help stabilize a stream bank. Now, for many years, um, landowners had been advised that that was not a uh, suitable practice for a number of reasons. One of the reasons being that it's not considered a a permanent fix, or at least uh, close to close enough to permanent type mm-hmm. fix. So what we've tried to do is try to get some demonstration projects underway, and we got pretty close uh, for a while working with NRCS and uh, DNR and Department of Conservation, but then uh, the funding didn't come through at the federal level for those proposed projects. So we're, we're going around again trying to talk with all of the state and federal agencies Fish and Wildlife, Corps of Engineers uh, at the state level, then Department of Conservation, Department of Natural Resources. But there are many cost share programs out there, and there are many good practices um, underway in in cooperation with those types of, of agencies. But, for instance, with the uh, Osage uh, River, um, there are some specific uh, problems with um, erosion on that stream bank that is attributable, at least in part, to releases from Bagnell Dam. And so landowners there have to not only deal with state and federal agencies, but they also have to try to work with Ameren mm-hmm. and uh, try to uh, work out some sort of a schedule that tries to alleviate the erosion problem, but also addresses the habitat concerns that Ameren is required uh, to take into account by the permit that they have to operate the dam. So these uh, situations can get pretty complicated. Well, and so how have the new administration's been to work with uh, as compared to what we've dealt with in previous administrations? Um, very good. I mean, very, very receptive. And, and you know, we, we know that, that they want to help in any way that they can, and they have certain, um, certain protocols and certain requirements that they have to follow. Um, and in some cases, it's a matter of trying to get everybody on the same page, which can mm-hmm. be difficult in and of itself, no sure. matter how badly you want to do do something helpful. Um, but we have been um, very appreciative of the efforts that um, the state and the federal uh, agencies have made to try to take another look at this this situation. In fact, we know that there's even some uh, effort underway through the Solon Water Conservation Districts to try to address issues in uh, various parts of the state. The Corps of Engineers has a couple of really big feasibility studies going on now, one in uh, northwest Missouri and then another one in the Merrimack River area. And so uh, we want to make sure that agriculture is represented in in those discussions and that landowners' concerns are are taken into account, hopefully, ultimately, end up with um, better opportunities for landowners to do what really is the right thing. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're not doing anything, that's the worst of all worlds. Yeah. And so we, we want to try to find a way to get um, options out there that are affordable, that uh, they can go ahead and take care of uh, as part of their 
routine uh, natural resource management on their property. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like, from talking to some of the people involved in this, that it's a bit of an uh, instance of letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. Exactly. Um, you could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to do something absolutely the best possible way or spend just a very small amount of money to do it pretty pretty well. That's right. Um, and wouldn't that be better, it seems like, uh, overall for the stream stream health. So uh, it's going to be a, a ongoing thing that probably will never be fully solved. Probably um, not. <laughs> as with many of these types of issues, but we do appreciate the work you're doing on it. Thank you, Eric. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We're going to keep an eye on all of those issues that we just talked about. We're going to have quite a bit of an update for you next week because news is moving quickly here in Jefferson City. Thanks again for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. Thank you.